podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, read me the manual. Using a Phillips screwdriver, What was that? This sounds like another language to me. Okay, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. Maybe. What's next? Next, Pony Ostium Pronus and Terra. Was that one Latin? Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. In Asia, it's the match reaction for Everton nil, West Ham United one. Difficult day for the Blues today at Goodison Park. First home defeat of the season. Perfect record at Goodison. Is over and done with. Joined by Rob Vera. Just disappointing, Rob, wasn't it? Um, yeah. One of those, I don't think, you know, we sort of got by, we scrapped through, we've toiled and toiled over the past few weeks and, and got some good results, we've had some key players, but I put a hard time today, obviously, even when it was still nil-nil, but I think the loss of Dom, the loss of Richarlison and the loss of Mina, um, you felt it today. And in the ground, they look like a team that will have held some, some leaders and they look like a team that will have held some, some key attacking players. And I think probably that was the difference today between the two sides, I'd say. Yeah, I I kept thinking about it as I scarfed down some breakfast after the <laughs> game. Like I, I was trying to think about coming on here since we were recording a little bit later than usual, uh, if my thoughts on the match would evolve much. And and really, I, I think we can probably be prone to over you know over analysis in a case like this. But to your point, yeah, I think that not to not to not to oversimplify it, but. We had we, we we lost by a goal, a goal that was conceded. I mean, you can make the argument about whether or not the ref should have called a foul on um, on Antonio for you know, like once Pickford was kind of touched in the box or what have you. But it was the by the technical definition, if they're not going to call that, it's a it's a corner. And then Godfrey gets beaten in the air on a ball that I imagine Yerry Mina probably doesn't get beat on. Uh, Rondon misses a, a flick just wide with his head on, on a chance. Awobi misses a chance. Those are those are those are spots where you think that Calvert Lewin or Richarlison might do better. And and I think we talked about it earlier this week on Kickabout. This is this was. This was a really. This has been really nice. Uh, the way that Everton have found a way to persist despite these absences, but you can't survive on that kind of that that lack of or that much talent, that much money, whatever you want to call it, uh, on the sidelines. Uh, in 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 every case, especially when you come up against a quality West Ham side who had everyone for the most part fit. Um, it, it just it felt like the uh, the proverbial. Um, you know, Cinderella, uh, you know, story or, or night at the ball had kind of come to a bit of an end there, but I don't want to, I don't want to over, I don't want to make too much of what this game means in, in the, in the bigger, bigger picture of things. I think that the absence is just caught up with Everton and clearly today was just a reminder that I don't think anyone really needed, frankly, that we need some of these players back. Um, even if, and I said this on Twitter after the game, even if, we can just get two of three back of Mina, Richarlison, and Calvert Lewin, and, and and there's lots of you know whispers that Calvert Lewin could still be out you know significantly longer. Even if we, even with Richarlison back, that would make a huge difference. Um, Mina clearly is someone who's 
role is is very very important to you know this side but I didn't think our defenders played that badly except for the goal today I mean I think it was just it's a game of fine margins Everton have won uh in the in this game of fine margins up to this point especially at Goodison but today they came up short because they are shorthanded <laughs> yeah and I think I think it it's made even more tangible isn't it the fact that you know, I think, I think you come out of a game about three or four best players and, and obviously say we missed them. But I think what made it even worse today was the fact, like you said, that you had the goal, which Yeri Mina probably deals, well, you know, probably will deal with in that situation because he's so dominant in the air. And it's the two chances before as well that, you know, West Ham score, you know, where we literally misses the ball in the left wing position or left forward position where yeah. Richarlison would be, who would, would score that. Rondon misses a chance where he is middle of the goal. It's a ridiculous cross from Townsend, absolutely begging yeah. to be put in. And he doesn't get enough on it. And, and Dominic Carvalhoen probably gets on the end of that. And there's another one as well early in the first half where Damari Gray, who I thought was our best player today, thought he was he was really good throughout the game. Obviously, didn't get a goal or an assist, but I think he deserves credit for the way he played. But, mm-hmm. you know, early in the second half, he, he beats his man, gets a cross in left foot, right across the, the, the six-yard box. He thinking... Dominic Carvalho's on the pitch, he's on the end of that, you know, sliding in yeah. as he does and and sticking it away. But I think I think, you know, the manager's done so many great things, Rob, since he's come in. But yeah. I think he did get it wrong today in in regards to but the one key selection I think was Anthony Gordon not playing and Alex Wobie starting. And I, I just felt like that was really harsh on Gordon. You know, I think we were speaking on kick about in the week and I was saying that I really hope Dominic Carvalho and Richardson are both fit. But I also want to see Andy Gordon play because he deserves it for the way he applied himself and the way he grafted and grafted and grafted in that game at, at Old Trafford. And I just think yeah. it was a bit a bit tight on him, really, just not getting the nod today. Because um, it, it wasn't like he played well in the cup game against like a you know a lower league side and you know does some flashy stuff and you're playing against the Premier League team. You know he went to one of the toughest places to to go in the Premier League and and you know showed he can be trusted defensively, showed he can offer something going forward and. Just a bit sly, I thought that he was he was taken out today. Yeah, I I I think it's I I think I tend to agree with you. I mean, I thought a lot about that, and I wondered, you know, how much of this are we are we two weeks on slightly overstating Gordon's performance at Old Trafford a little bit, maybe, but I I do think he was very good, and and really. I think the idea of the whole carrot and stick thing, the thing we've talked about with giving guys like Gordon, who we have developed, uh, a, 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 you know, carving out a role. And, and it did, again, he did come on, but I also thought that one thing that really compounded the mistake of potentially not st- of not starting Gordon today was the mistake of then making these substitutions, I think, a little too late, frankly. And to to you know in defense of Benitez he's got um he's got very little to work with on that bench right now um we you know it's just the nature of having a thin squad when you, you didn't spend any money in the summer and i think that um i, I think that with gordon um <laughs> I, I think it would have just it, it felt almost like a bit of overthinking to not start Gordon today, maybe is the best way to say it. Um, I think he just kind of he did he did plenty. Uh, he was very positive and, and, and he did enough to, you know, if Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin are both going to be out to just keep his place in the side. I do think that Awobi, uh, for as much as he struggled in the first half in some ways, 
I, I, I understand the idea because Awobi still came back later in the game and, and he still was part of some of our best chances. He still has uh, an ability to kind of out of nowhere create something. And, and I get when you have two weeks on a training pitch to just look at, at, at your players that someone like Awobi is probably going to look pretty impressive in that scenario. And, and maybe Benitez got a little seduced by that today. But um, having said all of that, I, I, you know, you could start Gordon today. I don't know that that necessarily makes the the difference um, given the other absences that we had, but I did think it was a bit harsh on him. And and again, all, all Anthony Gordon can continue to do is continue to fight for uh, and or justify um, a role in this squad, because even even when, you know, once Richarlison is back, which we think will probably be sooner than Calvert-Lewin, I mean, the, the, it's going to be up to Gordon to, to justify minutes off the bench. He's got to find a way in that role to make an impact, um, given where things are at in the squad right now. And so I'm hopeful that he can. I wish he'd started today, but I felt like like the start, the starting decision to put um I mean, the, the there were a couple of key decisions. One was was obviously not to start was to start a Wobi today. The other was the election to not start Yerry Mina today, which I I I get. I mean, I think that it's a you have to look at the big picture. Um, I think it was tempting probably to start him today, but I also kind of understand off the back of three straight. 90 plus minute performances uh, and, and a trip halfway around the world that, that you have to kind of give him some time. So I think the manager that plus the late substitutions today didn't really give Everton the best chance. But again, having said all of those things, Everton were right in it and they had chances uh, even late on Gray's shot that Zuma found a way to block. Uh, I think that was going straight into the into the back of the net for an equalizer. It just felt like the the little fine margins went West Ham's way and, and they went against us today. Yeah, very similar to the game we played against them towards Christmas last year, where there wasn't really anything in it, but just felt like they had a, a little bit more depth for uh, the key points in, in the game. But I, I don't, you know, all that in consideration, Rob, I don't think we started the game well at all. You know, and I think Wobi in particular, he, yeah. he gets the ball and plays it straight to Rice, who's got no blue shirt around and right in the centre of midfield after two minutes. And immediately there's groans and there's, you know, people getting on his back and uh, and all that kind of thing. And, you know, we, we, I think we just, I don't know what it was. We just sort of stepped off them a little bit early in the game. And for the first 20 minutes, you know, you know West Ham played well, don't get me wrong, but just not aggressive enough, not, not positive enough. And, I think the other thing you lose with, with Dom and Richarlison as well is that you know Rondon and, and Gray have you know have got the qualities, but they're not very good at stopping that ball coming into midfield. They don't really necessarily mm -hmm. hold the, the best shape up there, and and West Ham like us everywhere a little bit, didn't they, in those first 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, the the first twenty minutes, I even wrote down in my notes that there's something a bit off kilter about us all the way around. Um, I, it, we were kind of getting overrun in midfield. Clearly um, I thought defensively we were, uh, and, and maybe you're doing this because you're trying to kind of get things going in a, in a sort of uh, frenetic sharp manner by, by doing some of the quick passing, but I thought our, our passing was all over the place. A lot of cheap giveaways early, early on that I think helped West West Ham build some, momentum uh going forward and 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 really they didn't end up really creating that many great chances out of it but i do think that the amount of 
possession and the ability to get forward against us just kind of kept us on our back heels and we eventually recovered but by then it was you know a good half hour into the game before we could get settled and and so I think that it it it, it kind of created a sense that we were sort of on the back foot for the entire day and and while we and I certainly acknowledge how generally good we've been in second halves this season I think uh, that's a real testament to our fitness and to the adjustments that the manager makes um, you can't get away from the, the idea that a better start uh, is going to be something that, that, that we still have to, to kind of work through as, as an issue with this squad in terms of, of really, especially at Goodison, um, not, and again, I, I don't expect us to have the majority of possession, but I believe in the first 20 odd minutes, 20 to 25 minutes, it was something like 80% possession for West Ham. And that's, that's far too much. I mean, you can make the argument that, Hey, you're, you're set up to absorb some pressure and hit on the counterattack, but not at, not at that level, especially not at home. It, it's, it's gotta be better. Um, the, the, the absences explain quite a bit of that, but, but ultimately compared to the, you know, this relatively same cast that came out against other teams over the last few weeks, this definitely felt like a slight lower start or more flat start than usual for sure yeah like you said we did sort of get into the game a little bit at that point and started to grow into it and you could argue we have the the best well the best chance really i've not seen the awobi one back yet rob but i watched it several who, times he <laughs> wasn't at the game today he was uh he was watching it on the telly but he said he effectively just missed the ball is was it was it quite as bad as that well i mean yeah look it's uh i think i think they the easy reaction is to be like oh he just whiffed on the ball I, I will say when you go back and watch the replays the the one I think he easily just brushes that into the net if not for Rondon uh, making a move towards that ball that I think just slightly put off Awobi's timing again I'm not trying to totally excuse Awobi there he's still got to get something on that I, I worry that even if he had it would have probably just been kind of a meek effort towards goal, but he absolutely whiffed on it because I think that he thought that, that Rondon was going to get a touch on the ball and Rondon, but, but if you go to the replay, he definitely was trying to get a touch on the ball for sure. Um, it's just an odd fit in there uh, with, with Rondon right now and, and with uh, a Wobi uh, in those positions, but yeah, he's got to do better. Um, and, and a Wobi just, it always feels that way with him, right? He is, uh, I, I joke sometimes about the, the art of almost, you know, that, 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 that Awobi is someone who he will have a good game and then he gets real quiet and then he'll have a good game and he gets quiet again. And he has an opportunity to, to really make an impact, especially when you have some significant players missing and, and really begin to turn that corner. And, and he just, doesn't quite get there and it and it's frustrating for sure um awobi struggled in in the early stages and i think that that was that epitomized the overall struggle that, that everton had to to maintain any sort of uh, offensive momentum um ultimately he got into the game a little bit better he started creating a, a few chances but ultimately uh, awobi just wasn't able to quite get where he needed to be in terms of finishing some things off but that was certainly a guilt edge chance today and and i think if you want to try to take positives out of uh, out of uh, some aspects of the attack it's 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 what you'd mentioned before about damari gray uh, andros townsend again both of them creating chances 
that that have a, a chance to get finished off, you you you'd like to think that Richarlison and Calvert Lewin, who by the way we know that they sometimes don't always get every chance, uh, finish every chance that we'd like them to as well. So I want to be a little fair here, but you, you do rate their chances much higher to finish off some of those opportunities, and I, I think it'll be really key that when Richarlison and Calvert Lewin or or and or <laughs> you know uh, situation with those two are back uh, that we still see that production from from gray and townsend because it, it does appear to be something that uh, has been quite sustainable so far yeah you mentioned rondon there rob um i think for the, the first few weeks of his everson career and the first few games of his everson career i think a lot of people have been very happy to give him the benefits of the dolls and appreciate yeah. he's not played much football he's come from a a different league but i think being in the ground today it was um i think it's the first time that people have started to really turn on him a little bit and get frustrated mm-hmm. with him a little bit. And I don't know if it was the same watching the, the television and, and what people were saying in regards to the, the coverage there, but he just looked miles off it. Just just, just completely, his touch wasn't quite there. And I always remember him when he was at West Brom and, and Newcastle as this player that when you saw on the team, she's against you, you thought, he's going to be horrible to play against him today. You know, he's physical, he wins everything in the air, he can, he can move into the channels a little bit as well. And there's not really been any any of that so far. And I know it's tough for him. I know he's been thrown in, in a difficult situation in a new team, not playing much football. But I think that was his his fifth start for us now, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but he's played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Now he's had two weeks over the break, obviously, to sort of try and get up to speed. But, mm. I mean, he's just... Well, to put it kindly... It's a huge drop-off. It's, it's a, a huge, huge downgrade from Dominic Carvalho, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Look, it, it's... Um... I think that there's multiple layers to this. One, I I want to say that I have a ton of admiration for Rondon as a person and as a professional, as someone who has really maximized his talent to to stick in the highest level of you know of of European football for uh, and world football for as long as he has. Um, I, I think that. There's no, I don't get the sense whatsoever that he is that he is in any way giving anything less than 100% of himself. But his particular style, um, and, and and a lot of people say that hey, he he plays a he has a similar style in terms of his approach to the position that the Calvert Lewin does. Obviously, the difference is, you know, one uh, one one of those two is ten years younger uh, and is at the just athletic pinnacle of his career. And Rondon is someone whose gifts have have begun to wane. And you you combine that with the fact that that we that that he was sort of thrown in, didn't really have any time to ramp up fitness wise. Um, and and you can't really be surprised when you consider all the factors that that he struggled a bit. And and look, I, I, I don't mean to be dismissive, but there, there is a point where you sort of get what you pay for. Um, everyone wanted to see the back of Moise Keen as quickly as possible. Um, and there was just this idea that literally anyone would be better than him um, or that uh, we, could, we could make it work and that, you know, Calvert-Lewin is always fit, so don't worry about it. I mean, look, it's been the worst case scenario from that standpoint. You take two players in Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin who have arguably and maybe not even arguably been Everton's most reliably fit and available players over the last few years 
who suddenly are unavailable for a long stretch of time and and suddenly Everton who have done pretty well coping with it up to this point I think that the opposition really begins to figure out how to key on those particular weaknesses and and right now there's just too big of a drop off between Calvert-Lewin and Rondon if this was Rondon of even two or three years ago you know we're I think we're having a different conversation but Rondon looks like a guy who is a stopgap um, player who will be here for a very short period of time. And I don't think anyone can be totally surprised by that. I think the question then becomes if the injury to Calvert-Lewin is more serious than thought, um, I think the bigger question becomes what is the, what is the plan at striker if Calvert-Lewin, let's say, can't come back until December, and even then he probably has to work his way back into shape and into match fitness. Um, you know, does this club who uh, d- traditionally doesn't spend in January actually have to go out and take some of that James Rodriguez savings and, and make some sort of move? when they when really the the right back position has to be addressed and there are other things that have to be addressed too it's 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 a quandary that Everton are in of their own making and I think it's just going to I think that it, it further underlines how important it is for Richarlison to get back when he is fully fit and ready to get back it looks like he's close but I, I anticipate Richarlison being the main striker uh, for yeah, an extended yeah. period of time. If in fact the rumors about Calvert Lewin having a more serious injury um, are, are indeed true, uh, yeah, dear me, that won't be that won't be nice at all. But are you surprised no. he stayed on for the, the full ninety minutes, Rob? Today, I mean, it, it did just sort yes. of feel like the you know Lewis Dobbin. You know, he brought him on at Old Trafford when we were trying to see how to draw the the other week, and to yeah. not bring him on when you're trying to get a goal late in the game. It's, it seems like a bit of, you know, I would have at least flung him on. You know, I'm, I'm not by any means saying the lads would have come on and scored and, and grabbed us a point, but surely yeah. something different at the top end of the pitch would have would have helped because I think Zuma and Ogbonna probably won't have an easier day than that all season, really. No, and 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 that was going back to what we, what we talked about earlier. I felt that was, I, I felt like Benitez held on a bit too long before making any substitutions. And, and, and to not sub off Rondon at a certain point was, I mean, again, some of that is just because of the lack of options he has maybe. But, you know, I, I either put Dobbin on or I, I bring on Gordon in place of a Wobi move Gray into some kind of false nine position and then, you know, and then get on someone else. And then you just kind of you just kind of at least take a chance with some odd fits, but at least some young, fresh legs out there. I just think that, you know, whatever he has in experience and kind of veteran savvy um, is, is sort of undercut, especially late on in a game where he's beginning to labor. Um, it's just undercut by that, that lack of, of any discernible uh, pace or, or real danger. I mean, outside of the, the chance that that he just got his head barely on that went just just wide of of the net earlier. He really didn't have any other opportunities, so I don't know you were that you were really going to be losing a ton, especially since we weren't pressuring that that effective in particular. So I I, I don't know what you lose by taking him off. But again, we've seen this. I don't know how many times I have to see it, guys. Like veteran managers, it just takes a lot for them to really in those situations, trust, even, even though it may feel and look obvious to us, it look, it's hard for them to take off 
someone like Rondon with, with, with his experience uh, for a, a kid. <laughs> and, and that's whether that's fair or not, whether it's right or not is almost beside the point. That's just kind of how all of these managers operate on some level. And, and it just, again, it speaks to the, to the serious lack of depth we have in those attacking positions. Yeah. And I'll say as well, just sort of finish off fair play to West Ham. I thought they were pretty good today. And yeah, David Moore, he just built a, a really handy side there. And, you know, they are ultimately ahead of us a little bit at the moment. And yeah. that's that's kind of where it is. I thought Rice and Suchek were really good in midfield. But mm-hmm. disappointing for us. Uh, Watford next week. So, Gotta you win know, it. Just obviously just after the ramshackle display yesterday, they'll turn up like Arrigo Saki's AC Milan team next week at Goodson <laughs> Park. So, uh, but no, in all seriousness, there's no excuse for the Blues next week. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it there, Rob. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, appreciate everyone, everyone's patience. Sorry, this was a little bit later than usual. This Sunday game, no one wants to, to go into it. No one wants to talk about it, obviously. Uh, everyone's a bit knackered, but uh, we'll have a full cast back from next week, back in Rigby's. But I'm sure everybody would be delighted to hear Rob's thoughts straight after the game as well. Hey, Matt, can I can I plug uh, something coming up? Um, and I and I say this confidently because I've got it on his calendar and you know how how he is about his calendar. Um, but um, I've actually somehow managed to uh, pull off a coup and get Patty Boylan in for kickabout. I know. I can't believe that the Cold War appears to be over and he's going to actually come on the kickabout. <laughs> um, I, I don't even... I'm going to be up for the next few nights, probably with no sleep, trying to come up with an agenda because as Patty told me uh, very explicitly, he does not want to host. So I got to come up with some content guys. If you have any ideas about what I should ask the athletics, Patty, Patrick Boyland, uh, please don't hesitate to let me know. Yeah. I have plenty to talk about after the game at the weekend. Certainly. But yeah, that's to come later this week, of course, with all your usual stuff. As well, but uh, that's it from us today. Yeah, this point, day at Goodison Park, but fingers crossed. The Blues can turn it around next week against Watford. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm such a screw up. What? House? Why would you talk like that? How are you even with a house without a walk in closet? Stop. You have more than enough storage. Oh, yeah, and the unfinished basement. Gross. We'll finish it eventually. Together. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.